Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Thank you. So how are you guys tonight? Good. Trying to get where I can see everybody and get everybody appropriate. It's great. It's good to be here with you. I believe God loves young people. How many of you believe Jesus was a young person once? (laughs) Try. About his father's business from a young age. And uh, I remember... um, I was involved with a group called the Agape Force. Probably never heard of it. It's long gone. A long time ago. In the the 60s. Late 60s. So that dates me, doesn't it? But uh, just a group of young people that dared to believe God. I remember in one town of 12,000 people that uh, we were just, we were a traveling group and we went in and eight young people went in to... Uh, the high school and just started to share. And as they shared, the first day there were 15 people that came and sat around them. Second day, there were 80 people that came and sat around them. And by the third day, there were 800 people coming and sitting around them. And God began to move in the town. And that town of 12,000 people was revolutionized. People were taking back things they had stolen that the police eventually had to tell people, stop bringing things back because we don't have any storeroom to store all the things that have been stolen and taken. And God just intervened. And God uses young people. He wants to use young people because young people are generally, they're looking for some adventure. How many of you like adventure? Now that I'm older, I don't like so much adventure. But my kids, they like adventure. And... uh, I want to share with you just for a little bit because I believe God wants you to know that He wants to use you. And I want to share some things that will help you understand how that God wants to use you. Because I think sometimes we think, well, when we get older, when we grow up, God will use us and maybe maybe it will be our turn or something along those lines. But I want you to know that God wants to use you and He wants to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. He wants to use you. You're a, you're a part of the church today. But I want you to understand that God wants to use us just as we are. So I want you to turn to the person next to you and just tell them, hey, God wants to use you. (laughs) Now I hear some of you laughing because you don't believe it. God wants to use you? Can't believe that. But I want to tell you, God wants to use all of you. He wants to use all of us. And I want you to know that when God looks down, He just sees one church. It's not made up of children. It's not made up of, of young adults. and They all have their segments called church. No, he just looks at church and he sees you and you're a part of the church. And to me, that's wonderful because in that, I want you to know that uh, it's important to begin to believe that actually God wants to use you. Now, I told some stories last night. I want to just tell you that... Um, God started using me at a young age, at 15, 16, 17 years of age. He started using me in the gifts of the Spirit. And at that time, we weren't used to all the things that transpire in the church like we are today. There's a lot more teaching today about the gifts of the Spirit. There's a lot more understanding. Uh, people 
We see people healed. We see people fall under the power of God and things like that. And at that time frame, that wasn't common. So in saying that to you, I, I was telling just some of the young leaders earlier, they just, uh, you know, I just wanted to give them a reference point that age, God is not a respecter of age. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I remember an evangelist came to a meeting where I was at and he saw me praying for people and things like that. So he said, come along with me to the meeting tonight. So I thought, sure, I'll come along. Sounds great. So I go to the meeting with him and he goes, now, if God shows you anything, I'll make room for you and you can share it and it'll be okay. And let's just see what God does. So I said, sure, I believe that. That sounds great. And um, don't ever tell a young person or tell somebody that they that they we're, you're going to use them to do something if you don't actually expect the unexpectable. <laughs> and so we have the meeting. He preaches, and I I can't remember if people accepted the Lord or not that night. But he says to me, "All right, has God shown you anything?" So I said, "Okay, yes, I think the Lord has it." I said, "This person, this person, this person, this person, and this person come up here." And they all came up there. And the first person. I said, I had my eyes closed and because that's the way I ministered at that time as a young boy. That's how I saw everybody else when they prayed or they ministered. They would close their eyes. Well, I want to tell you, I believe it's important to leave your eyes open so you can see what God is doing. And that you can help facilitate what God is doing. So my eyes are closed and I, I speak to this person and I said, the Lord has showed me that you're going to have an open heart surgery in 10 days time. You have a problem with your heart valve and God wants to heal your heart valve. And then I just prayed and said, Lord, heal their heart valve right now. I opened my eyes and the person wasn't there. And I looked around and then... They were right on the floor. Nobody was behind them catching them because nobody knew they were supposed to catch anybody because nobody fell down in those days. The person got up and they said, that's true. Ten days time I'm supposed to have open heart surgery and God had healed them. They didn't have to have the... It came out later, they didn't have to have the open heart surgery. The second one, well, the evangelist the first time was standing right next to me. And then we ministered to the second person same thing, same result. The person ended up on the floor. When I opened my eyes, they weren't there again. They were down on the floor. That time, the evangelist had moved over by the piano. By the time I got to the third person, I looked for him after ministering to the person, and the evangelist had left the building. Just left me. So we went ahead and ministered to the other people, and God healed them and things, but afterwards... That minister came and really gave me a hard time and challenged me on who gave you authority and who did this and who did that and all this stuff. He says, don't come back to my church again because I didn't invite you, even though the evangelist did. And I'm saying that to you because as a young person, I got hurt. My, I took it personally. And it wasn't really me that he was upset about, but he didn't like what was transpiring because those things weren't happening in his life and ministry. That's the only thing I can presuppose. I don't know, but I reacted, and as a result of my reaction, I didn't operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for a period of time again. Now, I'm telling you this because as a young person, when God starts using you, you just need to be aware that not everybody's going to like how God uses you. It's true. 
So let me go ahead and get into this a little bit, okay? God wants us to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. That's what he tells us. His Bible, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3, and I don't want to give you a Bible study this evening. I just want to give you a few things, and then I want to just share some simple handles that will help you as you begin to want to move forward with it, okay? It says, covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit, and especially to prophesy. Covet means to lust after. You've got to have it. How many of you want a car? How many of you want a car? And I mean, you want that car. Well, you've got an idea. That's how God wants us to want the gifts of the Spirit. Same way in 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says, desire it. So when you desire it, when you covet, when you want it so badly that, you know what? I believe God responds because it's a gift of grace and he just gives it and begins to release it. And what we need to understand is it is a gift. It is a grace gift to us that he gives the gifts of the Spirit to us. And doing that, I want you to understand it doesn't make, just because you minister in the gifts of the Spirit, it doesn't make you special. Now turn to your friend. You've always wanted to say this to them. You're not special. Some of you, I am special. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm wanting you to just say that so they understand that a person that ministers in the gifts of the Spirit, they're just like everyone else. We all put our trousers on one leg at a time. It's true. You pinch me and I'll scream. Maybe. Not like a girl though. And so we just need to understand that when we minister in the gifts of the Spirit, that doesn't make us mature. That doesn't make us super spiritual. God gives His gifts. He wants His people to be facilitators of His presence and His power. And what helps us to grow and mature is this fruit of His Spirit that He gives to us. So... The gifts of the Spirit, what are they for? They're for encouragement, to encourage one another. How many of you have ever been encouraged by somebody? And they're for edification, to build up. And they're for comfort. Well, I went snow skiing in Garmisch in Austria one time. And uh, I was in Germany. It was winter. I didn't have a lot of money. My wife and I had just got married. It was our first anniversary. And we were going to try to celebrate with a ski trip. And so... Uh, they had sales in Germany right after Christmas. So I bought a complete, complete ski jacket and pants and all of that stuff for, I think it was on sale for 8 D-Mark, which was about $5. So it was really cheap. Really cheap. It was so cheap that it was so ugly. That's why nobody ever bought it. It was red, solid red. And, you know, I had a ski instructor that day, because I hadn't skied in a while, that she, many, many times I fell down, but she would never, ever reprove me for falling down. She would just encourage me and help me up. And you see, in the same way, that's what the gifts do. They're there to encourage, to build up, and to strengthen us. And uh, I knew the German people liked me, because as I was skiing down the hill, I couldn't understand German, but I understood the song, uh, the tune that went, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, <laughs> right? <laughs> I look more like Santa now than ever. You know? 
My wife sometimes tells me, she goes, you're so clever, you should have been two people. But when you come home from this trip, only one of you come home. <laughs> anyway, never mind. It's a private joke. Stupid private joke. But you see, God's given the gifts of the Holy Spirit because He wants to benefit the church, but also because He wants to assist us with evangelizing the world and impacting people around about us. And in doing that, I want you to understand that, that He wants to help us to realize that simply, a lot of times, He's already using the gifts of the Spirit and revealing things to us with the gifts of the Spirit, but we just don't realize it. So, how many of you have ever gone to a meeting and you felt good when you got to the meeting you felt bad? Has that ever happened to you? I want to tell you that I believe God's trying to reveal some things to you of what He wants to do in the meeting. Maybe if you're not sick, maybe if and you feel sick, there's someone there sick that God wants to heal and touch. But there's four things involved in prophecy. There's revelation. There's interpretation. There's the application, and then there's the timing. And I wrote three things Steve said today because I'd never thought of it. And uh, I appreciate meeting with other leaders and things because sometimes you say something and they just amplify it even more. And he probably uh, doesn't realize that he amplified it for me. But you can see, I wrote it down. (laughs) It's good, man. If I ever write a book, I'll give you credit for it. (laughs) No royalties, but credit. (laughs) But you see... When we prophesy, the revelation goes out, but the interpretation is the what God's trying to show to us. The application is the how God is going to work it out. And the timing is the when God's going to work it out. And it's important that you understand that it was young men, one of the young men, And the Bible was one that God utilized all four areas. And it seemed to be that way with him. That was Daniel. God gave him the revelation that the king, when he was going to kill all the people, all the wise men, all the prophets in the land, God was going to kill them lest they could interpret and reveal the dream. He didn't want just the interpretation. He wanted them to reveal the dream. So as Daniel, a young man, waited upon God, God revealed to him the dream. Then he gave him the interpretation of the dream. And he revealed the application, the how they were going to work out this, and the timing of when that would take place. And the dream was one of... of um, I'm, th- I'm, I'm sorry. Joseph and Daniel, the same thing. But I'm talking of, of Joseph at this time. Sorry. Joseph revealed the plan, and the plan was this, that there was going to be seven good years, seven bad years. The good years, they would stockpile what came in. The seven bad years, they would have stockpiled, and out of that, they would be able to persevere during the famine. So he had the application of how to do it, that they would provide for their people, and then when other people came, they would sell them so they would make money, When they ran out of money, they would sell all their property and things to the kingdom. And when they ran out of property and things, they would sell themselves to the kingdom. So he had the application of how it would work and the king would benefit by it. And the timing, he knew, was seven good years and seven bad years. 
I want to say there are only two men that I can find in Scripture that understood it all at a given time. So that gives hope to us to realize we don't have to understand it all in the beginning. We don't have to interpret it all. We just, the purest definition of prophecy is this, just repeating what the Holy Spirit says or what the Holy Spirit shows us. Not adding to it, not taking away. That almost sounds oversimplistic, doesn't it? But you you see, the Word of God says, My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. And I love the songs that you're singing and the worship as you're worshiping God, because as you enter His presence, more and more you will hear His voice as He clarifies and speaks to you as you have intimacy with Him. And I want you to know, God wants you to know that He wants to talk to you. There was an 18-year-old guy in Johannesburg at the mall just two weeks ago at the mall, and while he's there, standing in line, waiting to pay for something, and the lady next to him, he had the impression there was something wrong with her, and he said, pardon me, but I feel this impression about you and that you're having pain in this area. And the lady says, well, how did you know? You see, God wants it to be so simple that we actually understand. He doesn't want to complicate it to make us feel like we've got to be so super spiritual to ever operate that way. So this guy was, is a shy guy, and so he just said, do you mind if I pray for you? He prayed for the lady. She was healed right on the spot. I took my son this last summer with me to some meetings and he came back and then he went off to Australia and he's living, he lives in Australia. He had actually come back waiting for his paperwork for uh, permanent residence. And as he came back, or he went back to Australia, the first night he said to three of his friends, he said, let's go out and just see what God would like to do. I like the idea of you going out to uh, the Providence. So he went out and they, they said, Lord, is there anybody you want us to minister to or speak to this evening? Show us who they are. And God spoke to them and said, uh, there's a, pers- a certain person with this and this colored clothing on. You will find them. They're away from home. Their family's in Europe. And they're estranged. Their relationship is, is not in a good place. And I want to heal the relationship. And two or three other instances and that dealt with healing. So they went out and guess what? The exact person was in the exact place, the exact color shirt, and it became easy for them. And as they shared with this person, he came to the Lord, he called his family right then on the phone, and God brought a restoration. The other people were healed. He went back, they went back, he didn't even realize how the others were going to respond, and so when they went back, the next night, guess what? 65 of the young people wanted to go out. And I'm saying that to you because as you realize as you, what you share and what, how God uses you, it will inspire others to want to do the same thing because you know what? God is not a respecter of persons. What He does for you, He wants to do for me. He was telling me He's standing at the line at the state fair there in Adelaide and as He was in line, He just felt to, to speak to the, uh, a grandmother and a little boy. And he said, I I just have the impression that you actually have had your fingers mashed in a car 
door and that your fingers, you're having real problem with his, the fingers. And the little boy looked at him and says, Grandma, did you tell him that? And Grandma said, no, I didn't tell him that. He said, then he went on and told him. You see, God wants to show us things so we can actually present Christ to people. So he shared it was God that showed him this. Jesus Christ was showing him this because Jesus loved him so much that he wanted to heal him. He prays for the little boy. The boy is healed right there on the spot. And the little boy, he had his, when my son said he looked at the fingers, he thought, oh, Lord, what have I got myself into? Because he said they were so mangled and mashed and broken. And they had splints and all sorts of things around them. And the little boy had been in severe pain and God healed it right on the spot. So I'm just telling you some of these things because God wants to do things in a way that will surprise you. Sometimes he will maybe just speak something to you or say something to you. But I actually feel it's a simplistic way that God does things in in a very simple way. And the reason he does it that way is because he wants everybody to be able to do it. The Bible says that if we submit ourselves to God, we can resist the enemy and he must flee. So what I do is every meeting I go into, I just submit myself to God afresh and say, Lord, I yield myself to you. I'm in your kingdom. So I expect you to speak to me. And I know the enemy has no access to me because I'm yours. And then you know what? We have to believe then that when thoughts come to our mind or we feel something in our body or a picture comes before us that actually is God trying to speak to us. Get our attention. How many of you have ever had an impression of something and then you spoke to the person about it and you were shocked that you were right? And they said, how did you know? I have a friend, guy I know, and... Uh, He's young. He's 31. God started doing some things with him. In fact, Steve's met him. He's a prophetic guy from Canada. We, I first met him actually in Hong Kong. Josh Mills. And then Joshua Mills. And then uh, spent four or five days with him in Nashville. And at 31, that's young. I wish I were 31 again. But he said at 18, 17 and 18... God just started doing some incredible things that things would just happen. So we don't ever look for the manifestations of them happening. And I was telling the guys today that we had to stop him in his preaching and put down a canvas covering because oil was just pouring out of his feet and out of his hands. Now, I'm telling you that because that's unusual, isn't it? That would get your attention. And I want to tell you that God wants to use you to get other people's attention because He wants to bring them and draw them into the kingdom. So when I ask, I just ask simply this, Lord, does if the word that is coming to me, is it going to exalt you? Is it going to lift Jesus up? Does it line up with the word of God? Does it bring ultimate peace to my heart? And you know what I discovered? The Holy Spirit always leads. He never pushes. Never pushes. So if you feel you've got to do it sometimes, sometimes I'm of the opinion it isn't the Holy Spirit. Does it bear witness to your leaders 
if you have something. I remember a young girl came to a church that where I was at, and she was in the church, and God gave her a word, and the word that God gave her, the whole leadership team, we had been praying for weeks for an answer and an interpretation for something, and we didn't know the answer. And she just said, I just keep having these words come to me, and not only the words, but she was having a dream. And she said, I just, I don't have an answer, so I wanted to come and share it with the leaders. And when she shared it with the leaders, you know what? It unlocked everything we'd been praying about, and it gave the answer to us. She didn't realize that she had the answer that we were looking for. So sometimes God will show you something, and it's just even to be presented to the leaders. I'm trying to take this and simplify it and break it down so that it, that it, it really fits with you as young people because sometimes just I want to share some practical things that will help you begin to discern sometimes when the Holy Spirit is moving, okay? And these things, they don't always happen. Sometimes I wanted to say this and clarify. Sometimes nothing happens. And that does, just because nothing happens doesn't mean God isn't doing something. That needs to be clear. You need to do, understand that. Sometimes, you know what, it's not rocket science. If someone is trembling before God, guess what? Probably the Holy Spirit is doing something. Right? Do you know what rapid eye movement is? Your eyes are closed and you can actually see the people's eyes fluttering behind sometimes you can pick, see, begin to see that the Holy Spirit is upon a person and touching a person. These are just practical things that will help you. That's why it's important to begin to keep your eyes open to see what God is doing. Sometimes people get flushed cheeks because of the presence of God and the warmth of God coming upon them. Sometimes they weep. Sometimes they laugh. Maybe there's, there's, I've got a friend, there's gemstones that seem to pitch up in his meetings. I've always got the question, well, who, who owns them if they show up? Does the church own them? Does the person who discovers them own them? Or who gets them? The pastors. <laughs> if there's heat, if the person says, oh, I just feel so hot. Often, it's the Holy Spirit upon them. Sometimes you see light up on a person. Some, and I'm, These are just simple things that will just help you to begin to discern different things. You see, because I believe that God wants to do how He wants to do things in His way. And sometimes His way is different than our way. One day, I was telling Him, in uh, one, one day, I saw two people with cancer healed. But that's only happened one time in my life that I saw two people in the same day heal with cancer. And the one, guess what? God said, you just be a cheerleader. In other words, you don't do anything, but you just encourage them to worship God. It was a lady who had pelvic cancer. Uh, all her bones in her pelvic region had been eaten up by the cancer. She couldn't walk. She'd been carried into a swimming pool to be baptized because she wanted to be baptized before she died. She had lung cancer as well. And so she had already been in a hospice for a week, and she said, look, I don't want to stay here anymore. I want to go home, and I'll die at home. So she's in her bed at home, and her family asked if I would just come and pray. And so on the way over, I said, Lord, what do you want to do? Do you want to heal this lady? Do you want to take her home? 
And the Lord said, well, I'm not finished with her yet. Cause, and then I had a picture of her with her Bible under her arm. And just it was like she was preaching up a storm. So I thought, obviously, God has more for her to do. So as I got there and she tried to sit up on the bed, I said, don't sit up. If God's going to do anything, God's going to do it. So I just stood at the foot of the bed. This is when I began to realize I need to open my eyes when I'm ministering to people. Because as we just began to worship, I said, Joey, let's just begin to worship. So we began to worship, and as we were worshiping, I had a picture, and I saw the bed shaking, and I saw her shaking in the bed. Then I believe what the Word of God said, watch and pray, so I opened one eye and peeked. And that's why I said I learned to begin to keep my eyes open. And as I did that, guess what? The bed was shaking, and she was shaking. It didn't take much faith to say, I believe God's doing something. And as that transpired, I began to feel warmth go up my legs. And sometimes you will feel what is the other person is experiencing. Sometimes people think that you're experiencing it because they're resisting it. I believe sometimes God's allowing you to feel it because then you declare what's going on and they acknowledge it. And she said, yes, I feel that warmth going up my legs. I said, Joey, would you like to try to walk? She said, yes. So I go around to start to help her out of the bed. And she goes, no, I don't need your help. If God's healing me, I don't need your help. I said, you're right. She got up. She took a couple steps. Then she just started walking. She had a long passage back to the sound booth. Then she just started running. And as she was running, I realized she had one of these see-through nightgowns on. And I thought, what will people think they see me chasing this old lady in a nightgown? She ran around her table, she ran out our front door, and her neighbors came pouring out. They saw her. They came pouring out because they knew she was going to die within a couple days. And you know what? Within a week, she had shared her testimony, and 27 of her friends and family came to the Lord and were added to the church. See, God does things, and He wants to use you and impact your church by what, how God uses you, and you don't have to be an adult for that to take place. That same day, going over to pray for a man, the wife calls and says, will you come and pray for my husband? He's going to die within a week. Okay? I don't know what that is. He's going to die within a week. And she said, this is really his last request because we don't actually believe that he's going to live, but we're just trying to, you know, give him his last request. So I just said, Lord, what do you want to do? And see, that's what we need to do. We need to ask, Lord, what do you want to do? Is there someone here? Do we, we want to position ourselves in the day. God, is there someone today that you want to utilize me to impact to make a difference in the kingdom? Is there someone today that you want to utilize me to heal? Is there someone today that you want to utilize that I can lead to Christ and show Christ to them? So on the way over, the Lord says, just like Jesus, send them out of the room because they don't believe. So we got there, we sat down with him, we began speaking to him. And over a period of about 45 minutes, eventually the Holy Spirit says, take authority over a spirit of death. Now this guy has glandular cancer. He has growth the size of grapefruits under his arm, in his groin. He's emaciated, hadn't worked on a job for two years. His stomach is bloated because he's about ready to die from starving to death. So quietly, 
I said, we take authority over a spirit of death and command it to go. You know what the guy says? He goes, oh, did you see that dark thing leave me and go out the window? Well, you know what that did? That inspired my faith. I didn't see any dark thing go out the window. But I said, oh, thank you, Lord. Something's happening here. Then as clear as a bell, the Holy Spirit said, now punch him in the stomach. And you know what I said? I said, Lord, I'm afraid if I punch this guy in the stomach, I will finish him off. And I'm saying this to you because I want you to understand that God takes us and uses us where we are. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, can't I just tap him on the stomach? And you know what the Lord said? As your faith is, so be it unto you. So it didn't require me to have rocket faith or super faith. God's the healer. So you know what? As soon as we just, I tapped him on his stomach, guess what? His stomach went flat. The growths under his arms and his groin disappeared. He jumped out of bed, raised his hands and started praising God. It caused such a commotion, his wife burst through the door. I'm sure she thought we were killing the guy or something. She comes running through the door. She gets about ten feet into the room and the Holy Spirit hits her. She falls back. Nobody catches her. She hits the ground. Her head hits the floor. She's got a hearing aid in her ear. It pops out. She gets up. About a half hour later, she gets up, drunk as a skunk. And you know what? God had healed her hearing. She could hear. Nobody touched her. It was just doing what God said to do. So that's why I'm telling you this, young people, and and adults as well, is that if we just do what God wants us to do, how God wants us to do it, we'll be amazed at the things that take place. See, Ephesians 2.10 says, God has prepared good things our good works in advance for us to do. And what I've discovered is that the things He's prepared are wonderful things. And when we walk into those things, guess what? It's no effort. It's no energy. It's no work. Because we can't do anything in our own strength anyway. Our works and our efforts are as filthy rags. But when we realize it's God that's wanting to do something, all we are is just conduits and facilitators. Now, how easy is that? How many of you, if you could do absolute anything, what different things would you try? Think about it. What would you try? How much easier if you know in advance what God is saying, this is what I want to do, this is how I want to do it, how prone would you be to want to go ahead and try it? It would give you great confidence, wouldn't it? It would almost seem like Elijah and the prophets of Baal, almost a bit arrogant. Oh, maybe your God's on the, in the bathroom or on the toilet. That's in essence what it's translated. When nothing happens, when they're screaming and they're shouting and cutting of themselves. But it was because of his confidence of what God had already shown him that he wanted to do. So how do we minister? We minister in an atmosphere of love. It has to be in love. That's a key factor and component because God is a God of love. I purpose in my heart and what I say to people is I never want to minister to people in a way that I personally would not want to be ministered in. Now there might be occasions. Only one time has God told me to spit in somebody's face and He would heal them. Only one time have I punched somebody or tapped somebody in the stomach and God healed them. So, 
It doesn't imply or show in Scripture that Jesus did that kind of thing all the time. I think things happened all the time. But they just give us a broad parameter of things that can happen. How many of you would just love to spit and see somebody healed? I would. Come on now, be honest. Or make mud and just push it in somebody's face and see him heal. Man, come on, be honest now, man. Also, you see, God wants to use us when we're under spiritual authority, when we're under the leadership of our church, and that, we, that we're connected so that there's some accountability. It tells us in Hebrews 13, 7, obey, 17, obey our leaders, uh, because they, they look, give watch over our spirits. So, some just simple little things with regards to prophecy that will help you to grow in it is this. One is, I'd say, get a pad and prophesy in the morning when you wake up. Sit on the side of your bed and just say, Lord, what things do you want to do today that would be prophetic that you want to let me know now that could transpire and take place through the day? And then check at the end of the day and look and see how many of those things came to pass. You see, the gifts of the Spirit don't need any practice. We're learning to practice. How many of you got it down pat? Then you know how to confidently minister the gifts of the Spirit. We're always learning, aren't we? And we can practice. Practice words of knowledge. How do you practice words of knowledge? Do you ever go for coffee? Do you ever go to Wimpy or some place like that? Or some restaurant where there's service, a service-orientated place? Generally, people have name tags, but if they don't have name tags, just ask God to show you their name. And you know what? You can casually interview them, and you never have to let them know maybe you missed it. Isn't that true? Hey, what's your name? I'm so-and-so. They'll tell you their name. If you get it wrong, just keep practicing. <laughs> That's simple, isn't it? Just keep practicing. One of the young men in Johannesburg just two weeks ago, he implemented that all day long. And he said, at the end of the day, the last person he spoke to, God gave him the person's last name. And he had it right. You know what? He was so amped. When he came, he just couldn't wait to testify that God had given it to him. And he was right. So you just ask those simple questions, Lord. How many children do they have? Are they married? You can ask and interview them, and so it doesn't make you look like an idiot. Correct? And this will help us, because we're learning how to grow in the gift. Team up with another person. All it requires is honesty, that you pray together and say, Lord, show me something about, that you want to reveal, or show me something about this person that nobody knows. It just requires honesty, one to another. These are just little simple things you can do in your group or together. If you go to a meeting and you have no pain and you end up with pain in the meeting, as I said, nine times out of ten, God's trying to get your attention. He wants to touch somebody. Prophesy in a group. I already heard you guys, some of you have done in some of your leadership things, you blindfold people and put people in front of them and don't tell them if it's a girl or a guy and you prophesy over them. That's great. So just write down the things that God says, but speak to a person that, that have a person come into the group that you don't know. And one of the things I was saying to the young leaders, and that's this, for you to operate and be a prophetic culture, guess what? You need visitors to come to your church. You need people 
that don't know the Lord to come to your church. Why? Because if you know everybody, it's going to be very difficult because you're always going to ask yourself, did I know that or didn't I know that? Or did I have that? Somebody tell me that. Did I hear that somewhere? But see, if visitors come, you don't know them. And you can share with them what God reveals to you. Isn't that simple? Too simple, huh? An inappropriate time to share something with somebody is if you're angry or you have negative emotional feelings towards somebody, don't share it with them. Don't use Christianese. Use just regular language. King James does not make it more spiritual. The Message Bible doesn't make it more... Just speak like you... You're going to say, hey, dude, God's saying this to you. No. No. (laughs) Whatever you say. Just speak like you would normally speak. See, God's wanting to release us from mindsets of what is spiritual. You are all spiritual. Isn't that right? Just turn to the person next to you and tell them you're spiritual. We're going to stop here in a minute and put some of this into practice. I was telling the people last night, sometimes God will show me something and I'll speak to a person and they'll ask me, are you a psychic or or a mind reader? I used to try to explain to them all the time, just so I had it politically correct, spiritually. Oh no, this is a Christian thing and so on. And I realized that it just went beyond them. They didn't receive what I said. So just tell them, yeah, sometimes I read minds. You see, you take them from the real and move them to the ideal. The real is, they understand the jargon of the world. They understand spiritism. They understand all the things of the occult. They understand all these things. They don't understand Christian things. So if you perceive that they understand Christian things, uh, at the church I'm at right now, I spoke to the leader and said to him, hey, you're going to have to quit saying and talking about saved to these people because they don't have a clue what you're talking about when you talk about being saved. So I said, you need to find a way you can explain it that they will understand because I never thought it was the case in America that there were people that had absolutely no church background at all. I thought everybody had some church background. But I discovered it's not the case. So we have to deal with people in the same way that they don't know either. Right? Thanks. That's really, I'm just going to stop there. Generally, what I, I just tried to take a few bits and pieces out of stuff that generally I do over eight or ten hours. But I wanted to say, sometimes God wants to speak to you and you will feel it. Sometimes you'll read it. Sometimes you might see a person and you just see a word over them. One word. Sometimes... You might see a picture. Just only describe the picture. Don't try to interpret the picture. Let God work that out with a person. Sometimes a thought might come to your mind. Sometimes you might dream it. I dream things a lot. 
I think that makes me an old man or something. But recently I had a dream before we went into a meeting, uh, probably six weeks ago. I had a dream. I saw someone's spine, and it was like their spine locked. And it would lock, and they, were in, they couldn't move. And that it didn't happen all the time, but it happened sometimes. And when it happened, they were incapacitated. So in the meeting, I just said, I believe the Lord showed me, there's someone here whose spine locks. And it locks at the very base of their spine. And sometimes you have to remain in bed up to three days till it relaxes and unlocks. This guy comes forward. Two guys come forward. And that's one thing I discovered, that sometimes God will speak a word and it's for more than one person. I was in a meeting recently. Forty-eight people responded to the word. It was a big meeting, but still 48 people responded to the same thing. So the guy comes forward. Before we could say, before we could lay hands on him, before we could say, Lord, let your power bring healing, because what we need to understand, if God shows you something, he's generally, his, the agenda God has is to bring healing to that person's body. So before we could even say, Lord, let your healing virtue flow into him, he, was, he just went through the whole first row of chairs. Nobody caught him, nothing. The chairs didn't catch him. He hit the first chair and the whole chair and every, him in it just turned, flipped over. Got up and guess what? He was healed. Now I'm telling you this because God wants to do unusual things. How many of you were here last night? Okay, somebody. So you heard about the young guy touching the sore, the wound. You heard about the young guy daring to believe God. I'm... I'm saying that to you because God wants to use you young people. and Because why? You're brazen and you're bold, even though often you don't think you are. Because you dare to believe God. You dare to believe God. And I want to dare to believe that God wants to release His gifts through you in a greater measure than you've ever had before. How many of you have ever ministered in the gifts of the Spirit? Somebody just put up your hands. How many of you? Oh, quite a few of you. Great. Great. This is for adults as well. We want to believe that there will be an impartation and a release of the Holy Spirit and that something will transpire and that from this day, a greater measure will take place than you've ever had before and you who haven't will and that you who have, it will become more clear and that you will see more and because when you see more, you're encouraged more and you want to do more. Isn't that true? I was reminded in um, Cape Town just this last week. Someone reminded me. They said, I've never forgotten this. You were in Swaziland and we were ministering and you had a word of knowledge about a man who was crippled. He came forward and you picked the man up. And as you picked the man up, you said his whole back just went pop, 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 pop and went into place. And God healed him. So God can do incredible things. He can do unusual things. Don't restrict him of what he desires to do with you. Don't restrict him. Take the lid off. Be the examples. Let the leaders follow you and what God desires to do. But you know what? Don't just expect it to happen here. Ha expect it to happen at school. Expect it to happen in where you work. Expect it to happen wherever you're at. 
And you'll be surprised because guess what? When you, what you expect is what you will get and God will do it. He'll do it. So I want you just to stand and I just want you to hold hands together. And I want to just pray and ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit gives the gifts. They're grace gifts from Him. Let His grace, maybe our pianist can just go to the piano and, and just play the keyboard. You're de- keyboard, that's, you're, not, you're not a pianist, you're a keyboardist, sorry. How could I embarrass you like that? I'm so sorry. I don't mean to embarrass you. I'm, I'm old school. So just play something with it from the keyboard. And let's believe God to begin to release something. Begin just to release, allow His grace to pour over you and understand that He desires to utilize you and do things with you that transcend what you've experienced in the past. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. You're already here. But Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and that your grace gifts would be just released in a greater measure and greater capacity than ever before. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Lord, for those who have never ministered in the gifts, Father, that you from this day would begin to release the gifts to them. That they would begin to see things. They'd begin to feel things. They would begin to hear things. They would begin to dream things. Oh, Holy Spirit, wind of God, messengers of heaven, come with your wind and with your fire and just blow over this place. just release your anointing especially upon these young people Father just release your anointing upon these young people just put your just focus on keep your focus on the Holy on the Lord what he's wanting to do with you Holy Spirit just come we release your anointing in a greater capacity in greater way Lord, those who have ministered in the gifts, that they will minister in the gifts in a greater dimension, with greater accuracy, and with a greater boldness, and a greater expectation, and greater faith. We release that upon your people in the name of Jesus. We release it upon your people in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they would prophesy. And Lord, that they would come to the leaders with words that would revolutionize and answer questions that leaders have. We release it in this place, Father. Lord, that you will use them in their schools, that you will use them wherever they're at, Father. We release your anointing. Lord, that this is one of the catalysts that you want for evangelization. And we release it. Father, your word says, even as Peter and John went up to the temple to pray, they said, such as I have, I give. So, Father, the gifting that you've deposited within me, Father, 
I release that prophetic anointing now upon this church in a greater measure than ever before. I release it in a greater measure than ever before, Father. A greater measure. In a greater measure. what you're doing in the depth of our being. We thank you it transcends any manifestation because you're doing it within our spirits and in our hearts. We release it, Father, in the name of Jesus. We release it, Father. Father, even right here in the center section, we just release more and more and more of your anointing. She's having a great time. Lord, we just release her now in the name of Jesus. Lord, just let your peace be upon her. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. more dreams than she's ever had before. More. But we release it. Thank you, Lord, that your, your call is on so many of these young people. You know, I just have such a strong impression that there's such a call of God on so many of these young people. Lord, we thank you for your call. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you, Lord, that you have a call on this young man. We thank you, Lord, that you have a a mantle that's resting upon him. Many others in this room, there's an anointing and a mantle for ministry. Some of you are going to be business people and God's going to use you in such supernatural ways that you're going to see such release into the kingdom of God. Father, do it in the name of Jesus. Do it in the name of Jesus. Break the mindset of restriction that ministry is just from the pulpit, Lord, but release that mantle of your anointing for your word says that it's you that gives us the ability to acquire wealth. We release it in the name of Jesus. 
We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it in the name of the Lord. We release it in the name of Jesus. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. More. 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 Living water. Living water. Release that prophetic more. More and more and more and more and more and more, Father. More in the name of Jesus. Lord, this is her birthday, Lord. Release your anointing upon her, the goodness of God. Lord, we release it in the name of Jesus. More of your anointing. More, Father. Just even these hands, Lord, the anointing of healing that will come forth from them, Father. Lord, you've spoken to her in the night seasons, and you've spoken to her about using her healing. Release it in the name of Jesus. More and more and more in the name of Jesus. Lord, we release your anointing in the name of Jesus. Prophetic mantle, Lord. Release songs from this young man, Father. Words. Words and music, Father, that it will come forth in the name of Jesus. Words and music in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you'll put a song within his heart and that as it begins to come forth, it will expound your goodness and expound the goodness of and your ways of a living God, we release it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We release it in the name of the Lord Jesus, your anointing, Father. We release it. We release your anointing in the name of Jesus. We release your anointing, Father. We thank you, Father, that you have so much more to offer and give. We release it in the name of Jesus. Perhaps, what time do you normally finish? About nine? Just five more minutes. Perhaps your youth lead. Perhaps those youth leaders who were in that meeting with me can come out in as well. Just impart and bless and release what God desires to do. Okay? Just for five more minutes. That's all. Five more minutes. Father, we thank you. We thank you that the adults that are here, Father, that they're going to start seeing even greater tangible signs. Greater release. More than ever before, Father. We release it in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We release it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. We release it. We release it, Lord. We release it, Lord. We release it, Lord. They're not over the hill. They're not out of their prime. They're just getting going. And we release it in the name of Jesus. Prophetic revelation, prophetic release, healing. We release it in the name of Jesus. More, Father, more. Your presence, your anointing, we release it. More, Father, we release it. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living, life-giving water. We release it, Lord. We release your anointing, Father. We release your anointing in the name of Jesus. Lord, we bless your people. We thank you for your people. We thank you that you love them so much. We thank you that you're releasing more and more and more of who you are. Lord, just let your love so engulf them. They're so captured by who you are, your splendor and your majesty. Like Moses, Father, that with the thundering around the mountain and the lightnings and the dark, rolling, billowing smoke, Father. Lord, that they would rush right into your presence like Moses. In the name of Jesus, we release 
your anointing and desire in the name of Jesus. We release that prophetic mantle in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We release it more than ever. Prophetic revelation. Prophetic pictures. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Greater boldness than ever before, Father. Clarity. Clarity. Clarity, Father. Clarity. Father, for the mantle that's upon him will be even, that you will even put a double portion, Father, of his expectation in Jesus' name. We release it, Father, in Jesus' name. More and more and more in Jesus' name. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. We release your anointing even more. Out of his belly will flow rivers of living, living, life-giving water. We release it, Father. We release it, Father. We release it, Father. More of your presence. More of your power. More. Just in a loving way, Father. A tangible way. We release it. You guys just lay hands. Can you guys just lay hands on some of this right now? We bless you, Father. We bless you, Father. Father, we thank you that your kingdom is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Let your joy overflow your people, Father. Let your joy overflow your people as you release your presence to them, Father, that they see and know who you are. We release your goodness, O God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we bless you. Father, just release it in the name of Jesus, your prophetic mantle. Release it. We release it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We release it, Father. Can you come down here a second? I I know that Steve's told me that you've you've uh, one of the the song one of the songs ago that you played in that this evening and it was a song that you wrote I just felt like the Holy Spirit as you were up there even before Steve told me that I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to just say to you that he's going to give you words you're going to have dreams and you're going to see the whole stanzas in verses actually in the dream and the Lord says have a pad by your bed and as you have the pad by your bed you will write the things down that he gives you you will see the harmony you will see the context you will see the message you will see the emphasis and then as you get to the piano God will drop a melody in your heart and in your mind and the Lord says that his anointing will come forth through your hands in a way that you've only imagined and dreamed The Lord says that there will be songs that will come forth from you that the body of Christ will sing. Songs that will be released that will break chains off of people. Songs that will bring release where whole sections will fall under the power of God because of the mercy and the grace and the the, um, just the power and presence of a living God coming through there. Father, we release that, that she would not see herself less than she is, But, Lord, that you would raise her up to be what you've ordained her to be. Father, even as her parents have helped nurture and raise her in the admonition of the faith, Lord, to move in, that you've gifted her and you've, because of her sensitive spirit, Father, you have more. And we release it even now, Father. 
even this coming week, Lord, begin by revealing and giving to her a song that she knows that it's your word to her, Father. She knows that it's your word to her. In Jesus' name, we release it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. You see that the musicians release the prophetic. And if you're a musician and you're taking lessons, I encourage you to just say, Lord, release your prophetic through me. Release your prophetic through me. Release your anointing through me and be amazed at what God does. Be amazed. I believe that you're going to... Some of you are going to go home and you're going to dream tonight. Dreams. I want to tell you, there's creations and inventions and things that will go beyond your imagination that God desires to bring and release and bring to light. He desires to bring it to light. So Lord, do that tonight in your name. Let them see, let them know in a tangible way, not only the young people, but the adults as well, Father, here. Release your word into their heart and their mind tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. All right. Sure. If you're a musician and you just you want God to use you more in the area of the prophetic and release it, go ahead, just come out here and stand in the front, okay? Just come stand in the front. One of my great regrets as a young person, I took piano lessons for nine years, and my one of my biggest regrets is I didn't keep doing it because I allowed other things to get in the way of, of and it, well, you know what? It would have brought the greatest. It just embellishes and brings the greatest release. My lands, what what an incredible amount of young people who are musicians. If you're a singer, it's okay. If you're a poet, you come out as well. Because you know a lot of poetry, God uses poetry in music and in songs. I want you guys all to just line up and just join hands. And Steve, you, t- you take that in, and I'll take this in, and we're going to release something of what God desires to do. Just stretch all the way out. It's okay. Just stretch out. Join hands. Just go ahead and join hands. Father, we thank you for poets. We thank you for musicians. We thank you for singers, Father. We thank you. And Lord, we release your anointing. That, Lord, there will be prophetic songs that will come. We release it. We release this anointing now in the name of Jesus. We release it. And we say, such as we have, we give in the name of the Lord Jesus. We release. We release your anointing in the name of Jesus. We release your anointing. We release it. We release it. We release your anointing in the name of Jesus. We release your anointing in the name of Jesus. More, Father, we release it. We release the gifting. We release the talents. We release it in the name of Jesus. 
prophetic songs, prophetic words, we release in the name of Jesus. More, 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 Father. We release it, Father. Your anointing in greater measure, greater way, we release in the name of Jesus. We release it. Lord, dancers, if there are dancers here, you come forward. If there's dancers, come forward. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release, Father. We release your anointing. We release it, Father. Songs of war, Father. We release songs of war. We release prophetic songs of war. Lord, we release it. For such as we have, we give. And as we give, Father, we know your kingdom's going to come. You're going to break every barrier. You're going to break mindsets of restriction, Father. Nothing is too difficult for you. We release, Father. We release your anointing now in greater measure than ever before. We release it. Prophetic unction, prophetic release. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it, Father, in the name of Jesus. We release it. For such as we have, we give in the name of Jesus, Father. Such poetry, such release. Lord, there's Bob Dylan's here in the room, Lord. There's people of great talent and ability, Lord, for your kingdom to be released. We release, Lord, those prophetic words, those poems. We release them in the name of Jesus. We release them in the name of Jesus. We release them. Such as we have, we give, Father. Such as we have, we give. We release that anointing. We release that anointing. We release it, Father. You have more for these young men. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it. We release it, Father. To the dancers, we release it in the name of Jesus. Songs, Lord, and melodies. Oh, Father, we release it. We release your anointing. Prophetic unction, Father. We release your prophetic unction. In the name of Jesus, we release it. In the name of Jesus. Songs of war, songs of praise, songs of adoration. We release it, Father. We release it in the name of Jesus. We release it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We release the poetry, Lord. We release, we release the words, Lord, of your ways and your anointing. We release it, Father. We release it. We release it, Father. We release it. For such as we have, we give. We release in the name of Jesus. More, Father. More, Father. Songs of utterance, Father. Songs of release. Songs of release, Father. Dance of release. Dance of release, Father. Dance of release, Father. Dance of release, Father. Dance of release, Father. Dance of release in the name of Jesus. We release it, Father. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. They're hungry. They want more, Father. We release it. We release more. We release more. We release more. We release more. We release more, Father. More. Prophetic release. More prophetic release. Prophetic release. We release more, Father. Prophetic release. We release more in Jesus' name. Prophetic release and unction. Prophetic release. Prophetic release. Prophetic release, Father. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Let there be such a prophetic release in the music that there will be dramatic presentations. 
Lord, that there will be cantatas, there will be songs, that you will have this congregation and people bring together that will bring release to the city, Father. Lord, in the same way, Lord, that you'll release it in Jesus' name. Release it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Release it. They'll never be the same. Never be the same, Father. Not that the, we're not looking for the manifestation, Lord, but Lord, that you release the anointing that's within them. Your anointing rests on them, O oh God. We release it, Father. We release it, Father. You want this mic? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, will the worship team come up and us play a song of worship and release? <laughs> 